Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing quite a few things. Kevin Feige has become Marvel's chief creative officer. He's in control now. We get to be part of damage control now with a new VR experience. All that right after this ad that we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeffrey Beauregard Randall. <laughs> Beauregard is my middle name now. <laughs> I think I've I think I've given you that before. I don't know why. I think I think it fits. I don't know why. <laughs> why does it fit? I don't know, man. I don't it's know. It's too fancy for me. <laughs> it's funny that you think Beauregard is fancy. I think of it as just like real southern. <laughs> I mean, it, it is real southern. But yeah, anyway, okay. It's fancy southern. <laughs> we are covering some news and feedback today, some just general quick news stories. First off, First off, first off, we're going to do something different. We're going to add a new thing. Every oh, man. news and Stand feedback, back, everybody, every episode now, especially news and feedback episodes, we're going to read a five star review from Apple podcasts. So I, I think it's called iTunes. Uh, w- no, it's not anymore. They changed it. They're discontinuing the existence of iTunes. It's now called Apple Podcasts. I'm going to hang on to it as long as I can. You're right. never going to get me. <laughs> All right. Well, it's called Apple Podcasts now. Uh, we- we're just doing this because we've never done a good job of letting people know to go do five-star reviews. We say it like once every six months. So we're putting it as part of the show now. Partially because of that and partially because uh, we also are having to uh, really pare down the amount of feedback we're able – the percentage of feedback we're able to do because we're getting so much now. So we're basically really focusing our feedback on things that will spur on conversation. The one exception is every week we're going to pick one five-star review and read it as a fe- on the feedback episode. So what's our five-star review today? Braceface07 said, I love this thing 3,000. This po- <laughs> this podcast is perfect for MCU fans and fanatics. I feel like they speak for me when they release an episode. I hate the Incredible Sulk and Thor The Dark World. Who doesn't? And I feel like The Winter Soldier might be competition for best MCU movie against Endgame. I mean, it had a better car chase scene than Need for Speed. And I know what you're thinking. You saw Need for Speed? <laughs> Thank you, Braceface. Uh, that's, that's great. Um I, I really like uh, th- something he says there about the show or she. I'm not even sure. Uh, they. It, it, they. Uh, they, them. Uh, I, I think it's <laughs> it's true. One of the things about the show is we are a fan cast. Uh, we, we have no, we're not beholden to Marvel. We love what they do. We really do. But we're willing to say when certain certain things suck. Certain things suck. Yeah. Certain things really suck. So, <laughs> uh, so thanks for joining us here on this fan cast of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So let's get into some news. How about that? Yeah, man. So top of the uh, top of the news uh, rundown, I guess that I gave is that Kevin Feige has become Marvel's chief creative officer. He has been installed above the the jerk face, the pearl mutter, if you will. Yeah, this is great news. Right. There's nothing, yeah. nothing negative about this. And the, the, the big thing is he now is over not only the movies, which he's been over for a while, uh, not only the comics and the animation, which is great, uh, but also big, big, big deal is that he is now over the TV division completely. Yep. All the separate heads of those divisions now answer to Kevin Feige. Yep. <laughs> the Hydra has been tamed. By Kevin Feige. Yeah, loving it. I'm loving it. I'm really, really excited about this because we've talked about it many times. Um, you know, connectivity. It's what we love about this this stuff. It's one of the major reasons I'm here is because of the connectivity. And we might be losing some of that connectivity with the going forward from some of the shows that have been created. But it sounds like any show going forward from now on will be connected. Um, TV and uh, and movies, and, and not only the Disney Plus, but all the other TV shows are also coming under their head. Which I'm really hopeful that they won't scrap some of the things that have happened. I really hope Defender stays in, and I really hope that Runaways and um, Cloak and Dagger continue and are connected. Oh yes, because I think they, they, they're going to cross over this season, which I'm really excited about. And that's happening in a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, it's real soon. That's soon, real soon. 
Uh, so we'll, we'll be covering all of that stuff, especially with the crossover. That's really exciting. Um, we just need to see, uh, I'd like, with, with Kevin Feige now being the head of that, we might actually see TV characters go into the movies and vice versa. And that's really only happened a handful of times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, really the only time that I can think of TV having done anything toward the movies is when Jarvis showed up in Endgame. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. Uh, that's that's the, the biggest like explicit crossover we've had. So yeah, it's real cool. Really, really excited <laughs> that this can. I don't know. It, it it all comes down from Kevin Feige, and he's got a he's got a lot on his shoulders now. But he's done a great job running the movies. Let's see if we can uh, tie in the TV to all this. I'm really pumped. <laughs> what do you think that he was thinking? Like, oh man, that was a good run. You know, a nice. 11 years of, of filmmaking. Yeah. You know, maybe now we can kind of like turn it down a little bit, tone down, get a little more personal in these stories, maybe slow down. He can finally <laughs> rest. I can finally rest just a little bit. And then they're just like, Oh, by the way, take over everything. Like you thought you, you thought you had a uh, chance to rest from the movies. Nah, now nah, we got TV shows on Disney plus. We got TV shows on Hulu. Like, here comes everything. I do think they very deliberately, both for our sake and theirs, took a break after after Spider Man. Um, I mean, they've got like an a, it's been the longest period without a Marvel movie for the last. You know, it's going to be like almost eight months without a Marvel movie. That's been the longest time in years. So uh, I think they're deliberately taking a bit of a break. But yeah, it sounds like they're going to hit it hit the ground running when it happens. Uh, correction, there, sir. It's about ten months. Oh wow! Between yeah, because it's going home, July to July to May, right? May, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. So Oof, yeah, long time. That's worse. <laughs> now, now, I guess I was thinking that we're getting, uh, we are getting Disney Plus series. Uh, in yeah, January. we are getting content. We're so, getting Disney Plus series. We're getting the Runaways. We're getting Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, like we're getting stuff, just yeah. not movie stuff. We are. I, I almost feel like. The Falcon and Winter Soldier is going is movie. It's, it's the movie characters, and it's being made on a different scale than all the other TV shows. So it almost feels like the movies are still happening. You know, like like that is yeah. a movie slotted to drop there. Which I'm I'm pumped, man. Like the some of the stuff that I've read is that um, the things like uh, the the She Hulk show on on uh, was it Disney Plus is getting a budget of something like twenty five million per episode. Wow. Wow. So yeah, there's there's some money to pump into these things and there's there's gonna be a, a solid production budget going into this. So you know, just having the movie people show up in the series is not like that's cool and all, but if they're gonna give them the production budget similar, you know, in vain to what the movies are doing, that's gonna be the huge part. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I think that's spot on. I really do. All right. Uh, the other piece of news is this damage control thing that we haven't mentioned yet. Yeah. Uh, they're putting out a in-universe VR experience. They did this a few years ago with just a VR experience to, that you could watch. Did you take? Did you check that out? Uh, yeah, you stuck that on my head. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back when you still lived in the same uh, region as me, uh, we we I'm uh, in the same region. I know. I'm just <laughs> I was trying to think of something bigger than state, but yeah, you're just a state away. You're only a state away. Uh, yeah, back it's when not that far. Back when you lived over here in Bama, uh, I, 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 I gave. I, I was like, "Watch this." Um, back when we used to actually do this show in the same room, which we used to do almost every week. That was good times. Good times. <laughs> Looking back on that fondly. Yeah. So uh, anyway, anyway, this is going to be a bigger VR experience with uh, it looks like actual gameplay, not just a VR experience to watch, which is a big deal. That's real cool. Yeah, and it um, yeah, from what I read, it's going to be uh, released at uh, locations or at a, a, a what's the word a franchise of locations called the Void. Which kind of spooks me a little bit because the void was Robert Reynolds' Century's alternate form when he became like super destructive and deadly and bad. Uh, but mm-hmm. apparently, it's being it's being released at this franchise called the Void, and uh, it they've got several locations all over the place uh, in multiple 
uh, what's the word? States? No, countries, actually. Countries, okay. U.S., Canada, Malaysia, and the United Arab Emirates in Dubai, um, and several states. Uh, it looks like the closest one to you, sir, is Atlanta, and the closest one to me is Orlando. Well, I will absolutely be going. I, I wonder if it will be on the home VR systems. I, I have not read be. anything about that. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, well, I, I have um, I have a I have a PSVR, which is about to become outdated because PS5 is coming out soon. Yeah, I mean, yep. like a, it's still like a year away or something, but still, that's sooner than I would like. I'd like to keep playing my VR games that are coming out, but we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I'm thinking about getting the Oculus Quest too, just for the whole no wires and being able to walk around thing. That's pretty cool. That's real dangerous, man. Uh, wh- which part? Uh, being able to walk around with the thing on your head. You know, it has little sensors that let you know not to run into things. <laughs> I mean, with my PSVR, there's no such sensors. And I have definitely like been playing Beat Saber, which is a music-based lightsabering game. You have to try it if you haven't. Uh, it, it's like a workout, and it's Star Wars, and it's music. It's so much fun. Uh, but I have definitely like punched things. Uh, like hard things and like almost broken my hand uh, because <laughs> I was da- I danced too close to the TV and like punched the not the TV itself but the uh, like TV the stand, stand that it was yeah. on yeah yeah <laughs> uh, all right so the the damage control VR experience coming to the, uh, select void locations it actually already started it started October eighteenth oh wow um, yeah yeah so. You know, book it now uh, if you if you get the chance. Oh, well, uh, you get to be that just started. I will absolutely go. Uh, I'm in I'm in Atlanta like next weekend. I'm gonna go and I will report back on the <laughs> VR experience. Do it, do it. Um, so trailers are available on iTunes or not? Fuck. So trailers are available on YouTube. Check it out, guys. Um, Matt, let us know how it is. I will. I absolutely will. <laughs> I think you're going to like it because it it seems to put the uh, the user in one of the many uh, Iron Man suits that has been that had been made, so you get to be uh, a part of damage control that way. Yeah, that's that's exciting. That's your jam. That's my jam. I'm excited. <laughs> I really I really like VR in general, and I think it's it's the wave of the future. Uh, they've got it in Orlando, by the way, as well. So yep, you can go. You can do this thing. I could. Probably, um, it's going to take a little bit of a uh, little bit of logistics, a little, little coordination of uh, everything. Yeah, for I sure. might not be able to go for a couple of weeks just yeah, because yeah. of popcorn. Yeah, I actually just did my schedule, and I am not in Atlanta next week. I'm not in Atlanta <laughs> for like another month. So you just lied to I me. I did. I thought I was. I thought I, I'm. I'm there almost every week or every other week. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that I'm not, but. As soon as I get over there, I will absolutely do this and report back my findings. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into some feedback. Uh, we've got uh, someone from our MCU cast chat group. Because we're not able to cover as much feedback as we – as much percentage of the feedback that's coming in, uh, we now have a MCU cast chat group where we can uh, – you can kind of engage with us and other listeners. So it, it's just a little easier on Facebook with the group instead of a uh, – a page. The pages you just don't get any interaction at all, really. It's true. That's true. So Rod Mills that is up on the on the group said, "I've been thinking of an X Men origin theory lately. That's pretty simple. What if mutants had been around this entire time, but the X gene has just been activated in a few people throughout the years, like Charles and Magneto? And after the snaps occur, the X gene starts to activate more rapidly. Shield has always known about Charles and others, but have kept them under close supervision. And now that there's more and more mutants, Fury, knowing Charles personally, helps him set up a school and puts." him over all the new mutants this keeps older mutants history intact and is a simple story that casuals can follow and i think most hardcore fans would be satisfied with i think this is pretty genius we have been having so many conversations about how to kind of retcon in the x-men you know yeah yeah uh and truth is especially if they're going with a version of the X-Men like we talked about where it's more of the civil rights movement instead of uh, World War II uh, where we have, you know, Xavier uh, possibly being black, Xavier and um, 
Xavier and Magneto being black characters uh, who dealt with civil rights issues uh, in this more in the more direct civil rights era. Uh, I think that like that could easily work. And I don't know what, I don't know what, if there's something in the canon, I'm not remembering it where we literally wouldn't know about any mutants. You know, it's very possible there were a couple of mutants and we have, we have an episode or like a, a flashback similar to what we have with Ant-Man, you know, where like Ant-Man existed. We just didn't know about it, you know? Yeah. Well, the issue that, uh, that I would have to take with that is that in, at the end of the Winter Soldier, uh, Widow let loose all of the secrets that S.H.I.E.L.D. had. So if S.H.I.E.L.D. knew about the X-Men or knew about mutants at all, it would be out there in public knowledge. Yes, that's true. But, like, it could have just been one. Uh, like, if if there weren't that many of them, it could have just been two or three weird guys that they know about. You know what I mean? There's a lot of other things they know about that the world knows about now. And it may be just a mass of information that was released. It just they got buried. Got, yeah, they got lost in the shuffle. The prevalence of their power might not have been as noticed. But then once, you know, more mutants start appearing, they start to become more of a threat. Um, you know, and the, the fear that it really is created in the X-Men comic books, I feel like, has a lot to do with te- them being teenagers. And, like, these powers kind of coming out of nowhere suddenly <laughs> suddenly your teenager has the power to kill you yeah. um and 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 can do it by mistake like it suddenly all of your teenagers are have the ability to become weapons um and you and it's a it's a, it's like it to me it's almost like the fear of whatever teenagers are doing they're rock music they're vaping <laughs> they're superpowers you know yep, yep. it's exactly yep. that that that's and and that's why i think we identify in many ways with the X-Men is like as teenagers, when we're all reading this stuff, we're like, yeah, parents don't understand us. They want to control us, you know, and, and I'm making it sound lame, lamer than it is, but it's, it's a story about, you know, being marginalized. And I think making them teenagers when they get their powers really became, uh, it allowed a whole generation of kids to identify with these characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It did. Um, it's also, (laughs) When you put it that way, though, it kind of makes me identify more with the parents now because right. like, teenagers suck. Like yes. I would not want teenagers to have powers like that. Yeah, uh, my, my buddy, uh, my buddy said that he realized he was old and a dad when he, he, you know that song from a few years ago. I'm gonna marry her any anyway. Yeah, he Rude. was like suddenly he realized he identified more with the dad. <laughs> <laughs> then the then the kid who's like gonna marry you anyway, marry that girl, like, which you know, yep. I'm all for uh, women. Fuck the patriarchy, marry who you want. Don't let your dad stop you. But he also like him just realizing like, oh, I get the dad in that story more than the kid. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he realized he was an old man. You know, I didn't hear the uh, the actual like original version of that song until after I had heard uh, a father do a uh, a rendition like a father's version of it. Like, why you got to call me rude? That's some real dad shit that you heard that version first, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> that's 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 an older man thing than 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 identifying with it is not even knowing the real song before you heard a parody from a dad's yep. perspective. <laughs> Yep. Oh, is this, yep. A, this is a parody of that dad song I heard? <laughs> no, it was like, I heard it and I was just like, what is he singing about? Who is he singing to? And then I had to go and find out and it was like, oh, oh, yeah, no, I still agree with him. <laughs> That's very funny. Very, very funny. Yep. Uh, I I let it out. Um, I'm getting old. Getting old. <laughs> uh, well, I th- I think very much uh, Rob is correct. Uh, th- it's very likely that is that is probably right. the most likely scenario of bringing the X Men into the universe is just they exist. Why? Why? We were so sure with certain things that th- surely they would have been mentioned, but part of it is because we were thinking they had to be there had to have been a lot of them, but it really could just be there were a few, and that Professor X. And Magneto exists, and maybe a few others, but not many. 
I like this theory. Yep. I like it. It's, I mean, the 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 story in the X Men is usually though that like there these people have been there all along, you know, kind of in the shadows and under the streets and and hush hush like you haven't known about it. So I mean, it's easier mm. when there's when there's only a few of them for that to be so, but. The it seems like the story is always like, oh, this guy's, you know, like, for instance, Apocalypse is like, oh, this guy's been around forever. Right. And, you know, he's been this destructive entity forever. And like, OK, well, where has he been? Right. Where- well, you could see that being a thing that, it, you know, it, just like Apocalypse has, has been in dormant for long enough that he's fallen into legend or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and, and certain few characters are real and and maybe shield slash hydra knew they were a threat but they weren't mentioned cuz they're just they were one of many threats but once they start to build a school and build a brotherhood like it starts to be <laughs> oh we need to talk about this they're gathering we got we got to discuss this they're gathering and all the teenagers are just randomly getting powers like that's such that just that visceral thing happening in the MCU i mean and it's it's what they tried to do with the inhumans on shield um, and I think they had bigger plans for the Inhumans, but didn't use it because now they have the X Men back. And let's face it, that was always a ploy to get around the X Men. Um, the idea that a bunch of teenagers are just going to start getting powers like that—that that could be a really fun story to tell in the MCU. It could, it could, and it's going to be. I think that with um, with Fox having been bought. Or the the properties that Fox had been being bought by Disney is a really good thing. Pulling them back to the MCU, giving them to, uh, giving that sort of story over to Feige and the people that he trusts is a very good idea. We're going to see a lot better stories out of that. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Absolutely. All right. So next up, Wayne Brewer said to us, does the world know how the Avengers saved everyone? Does everyone know about the time traveling? This could be a major story point moving forward. I would think the Avengers would need to guard the time travel secrets very closely. If governments of the world, villains or anyone really were to discover the secrets to, to time travel, it would open up a whole bunch of worlds of problems. I'm very curious how or if this will be addressed going forward. Yeah, this is a really interesting point, Wayne. Uh, we know that they know that Iron Man saved everyone. Uh, so it sounds like they know something. Um, but yeah, what do they know? What do they know? What was the movie called in the movie? Endgame. No, <laughs> inside of Far From Home, there was a movie about the snapping or the snapture. Uh, it was just a like a a, a reel on um on the news the well the school news oh no 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 that's what I'm talking about in the uh in, on the plane there's a bunch of documentaries that he flips through oh and I can't remember what that's called uh the first on the list of available films for the in-flight entertainment is one called the snap okay that's what I that's what I thought I remembered was something about the snap so they know they know about the snap and they know about probably the unsnap since they know that and they know that Tony died. But yeah, there's nothing about time travel yet revealed. <clears throat> it's interesting. I, I could absolutely see that getting out though. And that being an interesting story. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. I dig it. Uh, the other films are finding Wakanda. Yeah. Uh, there was hunting Hydra, <laughs> which is likely inspired by the winter soldier. Yep. Um, and then there's Nova Einstein Rosen bridges with Dr. Eric Selvig. That's super fun. The, the final one is heart of iron, the Tony Stark story. Yeah. Okay. So w- 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 yeah, there's no evidence that they know anything about the time travel uh, aspects of the story. Yeah. So not yet, not, not yet. Uh, and I do think that will have to factor in. I do think it'll have to be a secret or they, if they're smart, they'll keep it secret. I could see maybe they weren't smart and that hubris comes back to haunt them because you know, it, it's the storyline. We just recently watched it. The, um, the storyline of into the spider verse is that the multiverse is at risk because Fisk thinks he can go back in time or go to another universe and retrieve his family. You could absolutely see that story playing out here. I mean, I can yeah. even see it with the Fisk. Like, they could use that l- exact story with Fisk coming in, 
you know, if Vanessa died or left him or whatever, you could totally see a Fisk story where he wants to go back and retrieve a retrieve a Vanessa that hadn't died or left him. Uh, you know, honestly, they could use what happened in Into the Spider Verse as as the the catalytic event. You know, because like that the whole thing could have just started the domino effect of collapsing universes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Any of that's possible. Totally. Yeah, I, lo- I love love those thoughts. Love those thoughts. Yep. All right, next we got a voicemail from, oh, from Miss Rebecca here. Um, all right, let's uh, play that. Hey, Jeff and Matt. My name is Rebecca. I'm calling in from Connecticut. I found you guys shortly after Infinity War, and I think that you have far and away the best podcast for MCU fans. I get the sense that you two are very different people. Jeff likes spoilers, and Matt hates them. Jeff's into the stranger aspects of the comics, and Matt's more about the character stories. And yet, you are always courteous, building on what the other person has to say, and interested in hearing different perspectives on analysis. What you guys do, frankly, is what the world needs more of right now. Appreciating good work, inviting others to share opinions and modeling friendship and the willingness to change your mind when confronted with a good idea. I've listened to other podcasts where they focus on social justice criticism, emphasis on the criticism, and a third where they focus on jokes and seem more like casual viewers, but what sets your work apart is that you guys focus on your love for these movies and shows. And that's what the MCU fans are here for. It's the fact that you actually seem to deeply enjoy the stories Marvel brings to the table and are interested in seeing them continue to produce quality work. So that's what I've called to say. Thank you for the work that you do. Um, and, and one last thing. Out of curiosity, I went back and listened to your first episode, the discussion of Guardians 1, and it was really jarring to hear some of the edgy jokes and one of them casually dropped the words bitch and retard. I suppose we were all pretty different people five years ago, but juxtaposing that episode, of which there were still many heartfelt moments and good points made with the episodes you've released now, I can see how much work you guys have put into relating to your audience and examining your own behavior, and that really gives me hope for the future. So, thanks again. Wow. Uh, that I, re- I really want to play that f- feedback uh, because I really, really appreciated it, Rebecca. Um, for, firstly, the, that is really important to me. Um, the idea of disagreeing and being able to have conversations. And she's very right on that, like, we need more of that in the world right now. And so the idea that she thinks our show provides a window into that really means a lot to me. So thank you, Rebecca. That means a ton. Um, and as for off-color jokes in the beginning, I feel very bad about some of that. I, I don't... I'm pretty I, embarrassed. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm really shocked. Uh, I, like, I don't even want to say it now, even in reference. I am very shocked that the word retard made it into the podcast. Um, bitch, I totally get. I, I probably would... I use that word now from time to time. I, in, <laughs> in, in in the proper context, I, I, don't, I don't mind using that word now. But, uh, yeah, the... Uh, the word retard has been pretty offensive to me for a long time. So I don't know. And I edit these. So I, either, either I said it and which would be shocking or Jeff said it and I left it in, which either way I'm, I'm surprised by. And I apologize for, <laughs> um, yeah, it's really important to me right now where, where, where we are politically and where we are just in the world, being able to listen to other points of view and also being willing to admit when we're just real wrong about things. And so like, I don't know that, that feedback really meant a lot to me. So thank you, Rebecca. I, I don't know it. where she's pulling this admitting that we're wrong thing from, because you have not yet once said that Iron Man 3 was bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I mean, and honestly, I, I don't even know. I'd have to go back and listen. I don't know that, you know, I'm, I'm taking her word for it, that we had certain words in there and stuff. And like, I, uh, yeah, I do apologize for that in the past. Like, I really, I, I there's such a strong drive in us and i feel this every day and i'm i'm le- trying to learn to fight against it to want to defend our previous selves you, you like i feel like everyone does that and like part of growth is being like oh no i was bad before and i need to get better and i just i think that's cool that she sees that in the show that's just real cool <laughs> you know you say <laughs> that you want to defend your previous self and honestly like she said that we said those things like, yeah, I was an idiot. <laughs> like, I'm, I would even, I would even probably go so far as to say is like, people who listen to us right now, don't go back and listen to us then. <laughs> idiots. It was terrible. Like, we, 
we've we've decided or decided I, I, we've grown as reviewers, so to speak, uh, away from just the the Kevin Smith way of just telling you what happened in the movie and then geeking out about it. I mean, I still do that a lot. I, I do the whole like this was my favorite scene, uh, but that also spawns conversation, um, especially when it's just the two of us. But we were at, we back then we were just going through the the beats of the movie yeah. and describing it. Yeah, we've changed uh, we've changed the way we do this a lot. And and we we've just learned, honestly. We've learned from each other, learned from doing it and learned from uh other podcasters we've worked with. Uh like uh, the, honestly the superhero ethics guys have been really uh working with Matthew S. Fox and stuff has been really big for me. Like uh I really consider the ethics of these shows a lot more than I used to. And so I really appreciate those guys. Um just really really uh doing doing this and like just being thoughtful about it at the time. I was just like, I like podcasts let's, and I like the MCU. Let's start one. Um, and it's really been a cool experience to see it grow. So thanks Rebecca. Really appreciate that feedback. Really, really cool. By the way, if you really like to hear people talk about, uh, things and completely disagree, but still love each other, you should check out the Orville universe podcast. And it's not like me and Jeff don't disagree on some big issues, but like, Oh, we, we we do disagree. We do. We do. We have big disagreements, but we tend to stay away from kind of politics and religion on this show. But the Orville is so about moral issues and it's about politics and religion at times. And like, so me and Matthew S. Fox get into it. And, uh, uh, and you know, like I said, still care about each other, still friends, but can <laughs> really get into that. I, I, I really enjoy doing that. It's, I think it's important to see. And so that's cool that Rebecca's noticed that about it this cast. All right, so next up, Gavin Price sent us an email. What kind of interesting mashups do you think would be cool to have in the What If series? And one more thing that'll make you not sleep at night. The MCU has been in an alternate universe the whole time. So what was the original universe? Uh, if, if that theory is true, that the MCU that we've been watching is the alternate universe where he went back and visited Peggy. And so the entire thing we've been watching is an alternate universe. It's basically the same, except cap never shows up at the end. Yeah. He just never comes back. Yeah. That's, that's the theory. Anyway, cap never comes Which back. Is so sad. That's it. This is the universe would be very similar. It's just cap disappears on that, that, stage or whatever not stage platform that's the word i was looking for and it's kind of a stage sorry, musician talking um <laughs> it's a raised it's a raised platform it's clearly a stage <laughs> and uh and then he disappears and then never shows back up that's it that's that's the difference i mean obviously there's going to be small butterfly effect problems from him existing but uh in i'm the, the idea is that he tried to stay out of the timeline as much as possible so to get them back to this point so he apparently was successful enough that he still left this timeline he just never came back yeah you know what would be interesting along with that is in the um in the thing in the little in memoriam video or whatever in spider-man um in far from home they show that captain america was dead that steve rogers was dead um what if far from home was in that universe where he left and never came back hmm okay because i mean technically he's not dead in in at the end of it in endgame technically he's still there and he's passing on the mantle, so somebody else is going to be Captain America. But it seems that they think that Captain America, at least Steve Rogers, is dead. Yeah, I think that's probably just a public story. It, but but and and I'd, I'd be weird if this is an alternate universe already. I don't know. I mean, we've already we've already <laughs> we this podcast have already discussed into the Spider Verse, so they're free to use it now. Yeah, yeah, we've we're, we're going <laughs> to allow it, and our next podcast we're going to allow them to put venom into the universe. No, um, we're not. Sorry, no, we're not. We're we're, we're going to have to. No. I, I guess we'll allow it, Feige. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know about I don't know being the alternate universe. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, what other mashups do you want to see in the What If series? Give me three. Give know, me three. Man. Go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to see Namor and the Thing being the same person. Namor and the Thing. He doesn't swim. He just sinks. 
just the, the king of Atlantis that like just walks on the ground. He's of what the keeps ocean. it. He's what keeps it submerged. He's an anchor. Oh, it's pretty good. That's a pretty good off off the dome. Off the dome, that was pretty good. I don't think I can beat that. Oh man. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with mashing up. Uh, mashing up. <laughs> Quicksilver. And Arnim Zola. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the moment of uh, Quicksilver's death, the computer that's still alive is Arnim Zola. He's downloaded himself into an Ultron bot. And he gives himself, he, he infuses himself into the brain of Quicksilver and takes over, finally has a body. And now we have a, a, a really fast Arnim Zola running around. I don't know that I'm okay with that. <laughs> Sorry, just pick two random characters. <laughs> All right. Yours All worked right. out. Mine didn't so much. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not focus on that. Hey, speaking of Arnim Zola. Hey, look at that. <laughs> So, uh, Drew sent us a message uh, about the first Avenger. Arnim Zola used the Tesseract's energy to make weapons for Hydra. Does that mean that the people shot with those were teleported somewhere? So, I don't think so. I do not think so. Because okay. the the same energy is used to make uh, Captain Marvel, and she just blows stuff up. She's not teleporting people. I think it's just the idea is they use the Tesseract as an energy source, uh, they're not actually doing the thing the Tesseract does. They're just using it for its energy to create these energy weapons. Yeah. Clearly siphoning off energy is different from activating it. Duh. Yeah. I don't know how we were supposed to. I, I, I guess that's that's how we're supposed to view it. But yeah. I do love the theory that a bunch of World War II soldiers. <laughs> they're just they're just popped off over to, to Vormir or wherever. Yes. Like what if we got somehow like a team of the ravagers like the ravagers land on a planet in like 1950 and they find a, a battalion of world war ii soldiers that have reformed and are out <laughs> in in the galaxy and they've like they, they've like formed their battalion they've been taking care of each other on this random planet making making it getting by for 10 years and then they like join the ranks or like learn from the ravagers or pay somehow pay for you know access or maybe they're working there i love this story this sounds like a great story like like <laughs> a battalion is working off the debt that they've accrued to the ravagers by being ravagers and so like some of the ravagers are like uh descendants of World War II soldiers that were teleported out into space. The reason Kraglin looks like a human, like a Terran, is because he's descendant from one of these World War II guys. Yeah, man. I, I, I like it. This is a good theory. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. All right. That's 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 my theory for the day. Uh, All right. I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> You're welcome, Marvel. <laughs> You're welcome. Use it. Yeah, no, but surreal. Like, I could see that absolutely being the opening of a movie, like a bunch of whatever planet. Maybe it's not Voromir. Maybe it's somewhere else. But they just start popping into uh, into whatever materialization out on some distant planet, and they have to learn to work together and build an army and whatever. It'd be great. Yeah. It'd be wonderful. Oh, man. What if one of those people... Here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> I got it. I got it. I got it. What if one of those people that got blipped off to somewhere else uh, was blipped off to Xandar, and that person that got blipped off was Sam Alexander's father? Okay. I don't know who Sam Alexander is. So Sam Alexander go. is Nova. Okay. I thought that was Ryder. Isn't that Ryder? No, Richard Ryder was the original Nova, and then Sam Alexander's dad was also... Uh, part of the like he was one of the the next ones and ended up disappearing and Sam Alexander found his helmet. Okay, dude, became the yeah. new Nova. No, now and now we have found the answer to a what if series. There we go. This is our this. We couldn't really come up with a great one. We came up with yeah. a couple mix ups, but like Namor this thing is our, terrible. Yeah, no, Namor one? thing was was a good joke. 
<laughs> but really good joke. Quick on your feet, buddy. But here's 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 a great what if story. Uh, what if the Tesseract weapons teleported a bunch of soldiers? Because you could also have like enemy mind stories. You ever seen the movie Enemy Mind or Enemy I Mind? Have not anyway. It's it's like two uh, two two enemies land on a planet. They don't speak the same language. They're literally aliens to of each other. One's human and one's an alien. And they land on a planet and they have to rely on each other to survive. Like that's the story. What <laughs> if like on a distant planet, barren like Voromir or whatever, a Nazi and a, a, a GI land together. And like, they have to be like, we're the only humans on this planet. And like, Maybe one, maybe one, maybe the, maybe the GI is a Jewish man or a black man. And like, they have to like, 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 it's like American history X meets <laughs> oh, uh, man. American it's history like a X. sci-fi American history. X. Yes. Yes. Like Vormir history X. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but you can't use X in a, in a, in a, in a Marvel thing without it being, you know, yeah. Well then it's, it's warrior history X. And then in the last moments when the snap happens on earth, uh, one of the characters gets his X gene activated. <laughs> no, 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 no. The snap happens and one of them gets dusted and the other one has their X gene activate from the emotional turmoil. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yes. Nailed it. And then five years later, he comes back to look at the planet and finds his friend. He's back. Or, or, or his friend gets off the planet. He thinks his friend's abandoned him or something. I don't know. They've, oh, of course, man. at that point, they've been there 80 years or something. So that's that's a little issue <laughs> we'd have to deal with. They're close to a black hole, like in that uh, interstellar scene. All right. Yeah. This stuff writes itself, guys. All right. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> Oh man, David Pendergrass sent his message. Black Panther two idea. Killmonger was oh, here. We come with Namor again. Killmonger was saved by Namor and the Atlanteans and the villains. things and the thing. <laughs> Mbaku has been running Wakanda without the royal family. Fight for throne, similar to their relationship in the comics. Utter chaos in Black Panther two as would be expected in a royal society. Namor can make an offhand remark about how his power has grown as as of late. Uh, encouraging him to invest more time into Wakanda because he's a mutant, his ex-gene manifested. Sprinkle in a post-credit scene with a minor character developing weather powers. Boom. First inkling of mutants. I think Marvel is going to sprinkle mutants in around it in a number of movies. Uh, they can't just introduce the character with, you know, a character group with the history of X-Men. Same like Avengers. They need the world to fear them. They, they need to see them as other, as enemy. Maybe the superhero world brings them in. Maybe not. Maybe only some do. But bringing individual mutants to the forefront in separate movies begins to seed the world with fear of these powers. In the comics, mutants are typically legions ahead of metas. Iceman could wreck most Avengers teams solo, as could Beast or Colossus. Kitty Pride, the world needs to hear stories, whispers of their neighbors, family, friends, any and everyone changing in an instant. These children of the Atom need to seem like an unexpected infestation that grew from the snap-slash-blip. And as Thanos said, the stones were reduced to atoms sent out across the universe. It has begun. Mm. I like it. Those are all good theories. I, I, I'm really starting to get into the idea of the X-Men joining this universe. Like he, he, he David writes it very, uh, poetically there. Just them, them entering and feeling like a real threat to all the human beings. Love it. Yep. Yep. That's, uh, that's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, I dig it. All right. Uh, Steve hit us up on Twitter, said, I saw Endgame 11 times in theaters. Yes, 11. I always took Thanos destroying the stones to avoid his temptation to use them for some selfish means. Quote, I can do anything and I'm bored, unquote. Never is him worrying that others would undo it. I think it's a little bit of both. Like even even if he had regretted his decision or, or or something, like I think there's a there's a little bit of both of it in there. But I do think that when he says it, at least the first time watching it, and, and on most viewings, I was definitely thinking that he meant himself. Which what I love about that is that it it does it further complicates the morality of Thanos. He's not only wanting it to be a you know egalitarian you know destruction of half the people where where you know. 
he's not even making the choice. It's just at random. But he also uh, handles it. He also like realizes the temptation to use the stones, not only to undo it, but like for any purpose. You know what I mean? He could do anything he wants. Yeah. I, I love that moment. I, lo- I love how <sighs> Thanos is someone who believes in morality and like believes in honor and believes in doing the right thing. He just is really wrong about what the right thing is. And that's the yeah. best kind of villain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, he – it's not that he's just like, ah, I'm evil and I'm going to destroy half of the universe. It's, yeah. He's no I'm doing this for your own good. Yeah. Absolutely. And then that kind of makes you question, like, is it for our own good? Like, what are we doing so wrong that he thinks that we need this? And maybe we'll stop, you know, destroying all of our resources. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> that's, a, that's a... Took it dark. Took qu- it dark. Quandry, quandry for another cast. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, let's see. At Anime Now 90, Anime underscore Now 90 on Twitter. This is at MCU Cast. When are you going to review the second half of Marvel's Runaways Season 2? Okay. I put this in here because we have been hesitant to do so because, uh, honestly, it's just so old now. Um because we, we couldn't get to it. And because there were a couple things in season two that sort of took it out of it being reasonable that it fits in the MCU, uh, which we've talked about a little bit. Um, but yeah. since Kevin Feige has taken over the movies, we're, we're also getting a big crossover. I think we should do a last half of Runaways review. And mm. we have, we have, we have a runway of a few months of no content. So maybe we could try to get to it. We will, I, I, I will do it if Jeff won't do it with me. Let's do it, Jeff. Okay. Also people that watch, listen to my other cast will, will have heard me talk about this already. Have I told you about the video speed control, Jeff? The video speed control. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes, you have Chrome uh, extension. Oh man. The Chrome extension that lets you watch things super fast. Yes. You can speed up TV on pretty much any device like, or not any device. I'm sorry. Any, anything in Chrome. So like Chrome uh, on your computer in Chrome, you can speed up whatever video you're watching. And I have been using it to watch, rewatch things like before I have to cast about them. If I just like, I've already seen them. I don't like to watch them the first go, but like part of me, I didn't want to do read a runaways because I have to rewatch the whole thing. But with video speed control, I can speed through that last half of the season and kind of like do a quick recap for myself. So I'm down if you are. Have you, have you used that yet? Oh yeah, a lot. I've watched Does it- almost all of season one of Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> Does it uh, does it affect their voices? Uh, it speeds them up, obviously, but it does not pitch shift them. Oh, man, because it would be really funny if everybody was chipmunked. <laughs> no, it, uh, it, so you can go like almost three times speed and still understand them, which is insane. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, it's it's not amazing. Like it would not be. I would not recommend using it on a first watch of something. But if there's something you want to rewatch before something else comes out, like it's a pretty great recap yeah. device. I use similar little uh, add-ons, not not like a Chrome extension or anything, but whenever I'm doing a, a training video for, you know, certification or something, uh, if I'm, you know, learning about DNS or, you know, Active Directory, anything for my job, yeah. uh, a lot of those classes have a, uh, a speed control on them, and I'm just like, give me 1.3 times. Yeah, exactly. Because most of the time, they just talk so freaking slow, and I'm like, come on, man, I know some of this stuff, let's go. Yeah. I have a, I have a firm grasp of the, of the underpinning of it, let's do this. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I do the same thing with audiobooks, things that like don't have a lot of acting in them, they're just audiobooks that are meant to be like downloading the information or whatever. It's not like an entertainment thing. It's just getting the information faster. I'll yeah. use the speed control and get through an audiobook double time or whatever. Because <laughs> um, nice. do- you can get to where you're like hearing double time like it's normal, like and your brain's just working a little faster. I, I like it a lot. Um, it's good training. It's it good is. Training. It is good training. All right, last piece of feedback, I believe. Uh, yep, nerdy, ta- <laughs> nerdy tastic sent us a tweet said at MCUcast. It's weird that y'all think I was tweeting about Cloak and Dagger when I've never seen it. Maybe I get my tweets unjumbled, or maybe I should watch Cloak and Dagger. Yes, this is just an apology to Nerdy Tastic. Uh, we, yeah, you should watch. <laughs> you should absolutely watch Cloak and Dagger. Uh, we, uh, so we, we have recently taken on 
someone who is helping us out. I have an employee in my music business um, who works for me a few hours a week. And so we've added her to our, to do a few, uh, extra couple hours a week for us uh, here on the cast. And so we definitely can't afford like any time, any near, near a part-time employee, but the music business and the podcasting has gotten to the point where we can do a couple hours a week of someone. And so she's actually helping us get our feedback together. So we're still working out the kinks a little bit and every once in a while something gets jumbled or misplaced in our documents. So we just apologize for that. We're, uh, we're trying to get used to this system and it's really helping us get more content out, which is why we're doing it because the more content we can do, the better. And I think, uh, it's just right now we we made, we made a mistake here and there. So I think that's happened a couple of times where we've read somebody's feedback and it's been the wrong name on it or something. So we apologize. We will, we're trying to work out the systems and we'll do better in the past. So whatever we said about you liking cloak and dagger or not liking it, that was not nerdy tastic. We apologize for impugning your honor. <laughs> Matt also just said we'll do better in the past. So, um, <laughs> we did. We did do better yeah. in the past. Uh, that's a, that's like a, uh, sorry, that, <laughs> that's a reference to, uh, to the time travel thing from Endgame. Uh, we, yeah. we found out about time travel. We found out what Tony Target did and we are gonna, we care so much about the quality of this podcast that we're gonna use that. That, that is our Vanessa. That is our Vanessa. We need to go back in time and stop <laughs> ourselves redo from making Guardians mistakes. <laughs> yeah, redo Guardians 1 actually would not be the worst thing to edit that out. Edit some of that stuff out if there's bad stuff in there. <laughs> I can download it, edit it, and re-upload it. That's, that, might, that might work. But, you know, it's like Rebecca said. It's good to see that growth. It really is. Um, yeah. It's nice to hear someone say I've grown even if I don't see it on a daily basis. Uh, <laughs> All right. I guess that's all of our feedback and news for today. We're going to be back with you in the next day or two with Venom. We're finally going to cover Venom. Um, So finally. And I'm like, "Mm, okay. Yeah. Jeff was not a big fan. I wasn't a big fan, but I see some value in it. Uh, I think that it's got, it's it's got some good stuff in there. Um, It's clearly not a Marvel movie, Uh, Yeah, but it's pretty, it's not, it's not bad. So, uh, well, I say Jeff says opposite, but we'll, we'll, we're going to do that tomorrow. So let's move on. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Check us out at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, Facebook, Facebook, uh, all those places. Uh, and by the way, uh, we're going to be dropping one in this. I think it's actually already in this feed, so you may have already heard it, but if you have not checked it out yet, we have a, I have a new show called Who Watched the Watchmen. It's, uh, following the HBO series Watchmen. It's just a nine episode mini series type thing, and we're going to be covering that every Every uh, season, so uh, if you you know if you're fans of this, please help us out. Honestly, go give us a five star review and download the episodes because it really matters uh, in in getting our new show to more people. So again, who watched The Watchmen? We we need some love over there. Peace. Until next time, true believers.